hear, hear some of those stories this morning. It's um, important that you know the purpose that we go every year, and that is we want to encourage the people there, the Christians there. We want to teach um, while we're there and, um, and bring people to Christ if we can. We're not there for very long, but um, we do what we can, and we want to love them uh, while we're there um, with the love of the Lord. And so um, it's, really, it, it's really a great blessing to be able to go. And uh, we've got two people that went for the first time this year. I want to show you just some slides. Uh, go ahead and do we have a, a clicker down here or are you doing it, Matt? Okay. Um, this is the team and a bunch of you guys at the airport getting ready to go. I didn't happen to be in this because I took a different flight, but thank you for sending us off. Um, yeah, uh, the, I took a different flight. This is the actual mission team minus me, and uh, this is uh, when we got to Belasper. And the next slide is um, is uh, about me, I guess, because I wasn't in the other ones. Because you made it. And, uh, and pa- Paul and I are there on the right. And those garlands are the traditional greeting of honor um, that we get a lot when we go to a village. Um, all right, so let's, um, let's go to the, the next presentation. So um, Beulah and I want to tell you about something that happened shortly after we got there. And I, I, I forget all the details, but a bunch of people showed up in Belasper, from out of town, mostly. Chakarbata, a village, a village where we work. Chakarbata, a village works. Where, where we work, and they wanted to be baptized. How many were there? Uh, there were nine. Nine. There were about 14, 15 came, and nine were baptized. 14, 15 came, and nine were baptized. So what we wanted to do was sit down with them and talk with them um, about the gospel and make sure they were ready and understood everything. And um, uh, for some reason, I felt like, wow, I want to do this. And so we sat in a circle and I talked for a while and um, and they still wanted to be baptized. So we uh, we we did it. But here's the other thing that 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 you want to understand about this trip. Before we went over there, we were anticipating the possibility of some kind of persecution from the government because they have been cracking down on um, foreigners coming in and working in missions. And um, it turned out that, well, I'll let, I'll let other people talk about what the implications of that were, but um, for for uh, Beulah encouraged me to baptize these folks just because I had talked to them and it would be encouraging to them. Um, I said, well, are we sure we really want to do that? Anyway, they, um, I agreed to it and the, um, they put up this, um, see that blue panel there? That's screening us from people on other rooftops so that they could not see us. Uh, and so we took some precautions not to be visible. Um, and Matt, if you want to run a, a little bit of this, I think the first part that we're going to look. There, right? 
This is just how it went down. Of course, Santosh there cannot uh, speak English, and I can't speak Hindi, so Peter is standing to the right and translating. Um, this was after we had taken uh, their confession and um, their confession of faith in, in Jesus, and, uh, and then I baptized Santosh. We're <laughs> this is all logistics. Now this is <laughs> this is up on the rooftop of Peter's house and the church building. So it's the the third floor, I guess, the, the very top. And um, uh, over on the right there, you can't see it, was where the cooking and eating went on, and they were banging pots while we were while we were doing these baptisms. But but that's that's what that looked like. Um, and there are a bunch of these. Uh, baptisms on this tape, but we won't go through all of them. Beulah, do you want to? Yes. Um, these people were un- unexpected. We did not know they were coming to Bilaspur at all. And we were getting ready. That was supposed to be our morning off. And then we got a message. We got a message that there were a whole bunch of people came here to do the study, so we hurried up and went to Peter's house. And we were thinking, wow, these many people, where should we start? Brother Harry was getting ready to meet the priest, and Brother George said, okay, we're going to start studying. So we went downstairs, and we all were totally touched and amazed by Brother George's wisdom and he's, how he started from the beginning to end, and it was my pleasure translating you. That was so much. It was awesome. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so the next story, that was story number one. The next story is one that's been going on for many years, and BJ is going to tell us that story, So, uh, and there's a video. So cue, cue Matt when you want him to run the video, okay? Oh, right. Um, so one of my major... No? Okay. <laughs> One of my major incentives for going to India was to meet Seema's family. Uh, back in 2009, when the team returned from India, Matt made us bookmarks, and they had pictures of each of the members at Balaspur so we could be praying for our Indian brethren. My picture was of Sarojini, and she's one of the daughters of Seema. So... Um, you know, I started praying for Sarojini, but then I'm kind of like, I want more of this relationship. You know me. Anyway, so I started sending a Christmas card to her every year that Beulah would go to India. And of course, she speaks Hindi, I speak English, so Beulah had to interpret it for her. So I did that for several years, and then I realized, okay, Seema is a single mom, and she's raising these six daughters. So you got seven women living in the house and only one's receiving a card? I bet you all the other would like to receive a card too. So I started sending cards to each one of them at Christmas. So I've been doing that for five or six years. Of course, when they get over there, Beulah interprets for them and they always finish by saying, come and see us in India. So this year I surprised them and I showed up in India. We kept it a surprise until I walked into their home. 
and that's what this video is. I was crying, by the way. Yeah, Beulah's boohooing in the background. I had seen enough pictures of them that I was able to greet each one of them by name. Anyway, they were totally surprised. And I just want to come and tell you that these seven women, Seema and her daughters, it's Priyanka, Sarojini, Vijay, Anjali, Shabnam, and Kushi. And all of them are servants in the Lord's Church. I'd say they'd probably maybe even be part of the backbone of the Velasper Church. Because if there's serving to be done, their girls are involved. They help with the young children. They're all involved with the youth group. And they're always serving when the meal is set out, um, whatever's happening. Uh, the picnic we had the last day, they were right there involved with it. So I am just so thankful to God that I had this opportunity to meet this family this side of heaven. And I plan to see them again in heaven. What would happen when we'd go into the villages each day is the men would speak with the interpreter. The men would sit on one side of the congregation and the women would be on the other side. So they would finish their talks. The men would disperse and have more questions and answers together. And then Beulah and I would be with the women. I would teach and then Beulah would teach. <laughs> because I would only say so much, but then she had to put it in their language, and she also had to put it in a context that they could understand. So we're doing this in each village, and we're finding that as we're talking to these women, a lot of them could be over here teaching us. Because the things that we teach about in the scripture, a lot of times are intellectual. They're actually living it. They're living the persecution. They're living the boycotting because they're Christians. So anyway, we're in this one village, and I could see, you know, because most of the time I'm just listening to what's happening, I could see this one woman was just really intent. I mean, you could just see there was a genuine interest. This is her in the picture. Her name is Mina. And after we would present the lesson, then we'd have question and answers, and they'd be able to share. And Mina started sharing her story. She actually lost her husband, was kicked out of the house by her in-laws, was having to raise two children on her own, and contemplated suicide, because this was a very hard life for her. Her sister was a Christian, a Christian who went to church in spite of her husband beating her every time she went to church, coming to the public assembly and beating her. She chose to worship God regardless of what her husband was doing to her. So she took Mina in. Mina came to live with her, and that's how Mina, I lose it. That's how Mina became a Christian. And now Mina is sitting there intently hearing the word of God, understanding it, and wants to be able to teach the women how to survive in this type of persecution. So what we have now is a video of Beulah actually interviewing Mina. 
की महिलाओं को समझा रही थी वो मैं उनको बता रही थी मैं यहाँ पर ना यहाँ पर कुछ मतलब एक ऐसा दिन नियुक्त कर दिया जाए महिलाओं को सिखाने के लिए मैं ऐसा बोली हूँ अगर प्रभु की इच्छा होगा लोग इकट्ठे हो जाएंगे दिन और प्रभु जो मुझे बताएगा उस लोगों तक Okay, so she wants it for me to make it possible that she could come here and teach these women, continually teach these women. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. She wants to teach me? Yeah. Among the women. That's what she does. Definitely has the capability. Uh huh, surely. Is this the woman who was. Yes! Yes! What is her name? Mina. Mina? Mina. Yes. Okay, I'm going to turn it over to Harry. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, thank you all for supporting the effort over there. It's, it's, we couldn't do, we, we pay our own way over there, I'll just tell you that, but we couldn't do what we do over there and encourage like, the food, the, the, the tents, the, the gas to go back and forth. We couldn't do it without you, so I'm, I'm really thankful to all of you for helping out. Yes. I'm privileged to be there. Now, this is a, a story that... Uh, 1 John um, 3, 16, 17 reminds me of, and it says, uh, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ gave his life for us, and that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And then John got very specific. He said, if any one of you have material possessions and you see your brother in need and yet have no compassion on him, how can the love of God abide in him? Let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and truth. Um, so in the story of Ramesh, here this man uh, over two years ago, had uh, run over by a car, basically, and his, what is it, left foot, mm-hmm. left leg, uh, the femur, both of them were broke. And so the one leg, his left leg, angles towards his right. He's been that way over two years. He didn't have money when he went to the hospital, so the hospital refused care. So here we are in the presence of this man who became a Christian last year, um, Eric had to carry him, literally carry him up the stairs, and we put him in the baptistry, the whole thing. So you're just, my goodness, how can this be? And then this man had such a good attitude. Now I'm going to, so my point, yeah, my point was um, I was going to do everything I could to help this man. And so the word got around, and you all pitched in. It was $3,100 for the hospital bill. And he's already been to the hospital, so praise God that we're going to try to help him to uh, fix his leg. I'm going to let Eric go on. Yes, I've got to echo Brother Harry. We owe a lot of you just a huge thanks for the prayers that you give for us, that you praying for our safety over there. We are never guaranteed ever 
to come back home when we head to India, even though we do it every year. We don't do it for ourselves. We do it for God. We let him use us. That's our constant prayer before we head over there. We have our lessons prepared of what we want to teach, what we want to let God use us for. And we're like, okay, God, we're here. Use us. But I wanna, what I want to talk about is Ramesh. He's a great example of James chapter 1, verse 2, that you consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Mm-hmm. Because of what Brother Harry shared with him being in an accident two years ago, being run over, his leg, his left leg being completely twisted towards his right leg, he's also completely blind because of the accident of when he was run over. He can't see, he cannot walk, but this man has the biggest smile. He shows so much joy, and I think when my power goes out, I have no AC, oh no, I'm suffering. This man is a true example of James chapter 1, verse 2, and we got, you know, I feel so blessed that God brought brought him into our life and getting to carry him up, you know, so many flights of stairs and being able to baptize him last year. But right now we're going to hear a little bit about his testimony with Beulah translating. Okay. So he was driving, riding his bicycle to work, and a vehicle came on top of his bicycle. So that uh, vehicle ran over him and it was a hit and run. I'm just paraphrasing. Okay. Okay, Matt, if you want to go ahead and stop it there. If anybody would like to hear the rest of his testimony, we'll, we will have an uh, informal get-together after the second service today to hear more of Ramesh's story. But we found out this morning that he, he has still been in the hospital now for many weeks now, but right now he's in a lot of, a lot of pain right now. Please keep this brother in your prayers and also his wife that has been by his side through all of this. And I'm going to turn it over now to uh, Brother Paul. Um, Like I said, it was BJ and I's first time to go, and we had been putting off going for years and years. Jesse Bataya Gia hai ki BJ or me pehli bar India gay hai. I heard Indiana, and it turned out to be India, so (laughs) you gotta pay attention. But but Beulah would, uh, would translate a lot. Usually we had men translating for us, but sometimes logistics. Uh, because at some points we were out in three different villages and uh, we usually would have men but sometimes Beulah would be our translator and of course she always got permission from the church and made sure they didn't have any problem with her speaking in the assembly and, um, and I really got to enjoy when Beulah would translate uh, but it was a real struggle because if you ever speak in public or teach a class you know you get people's feedback you can see and you're up there talking, and you, these people sitting, and, and they're giving you this kind of blank India stare, you know, and you're like, uh, 
So it took me a while to kind of get in the rhythm of depending on the translator and then watching them. But after a while, you kind of got it. But the last few days, it worked out for Beulah to translate for me. And she did such a wonderful job. She's so passionate and emotional. And I'd talk, and then she'd say it. And I said, man, that sounded better. I don't know exactly <laughs> what she said, but, but, but they would just really tune in. And it's so different. I mean, it's just the culture, everything is so different. And yet it's so different. I saw that people are people. And at times, because we, it was BJ, Eric, and I together uh, after we talked, Often, Eric and I would break off and get with the brothers, and B.J. and Beulah would get with the women. And we'd do different things. And I just got noticing and wondering how they're doing it, but I figured even though they're so different, they probably have similar struggles. And, and one of the things we did when we, we broke up, uh, we talked to some of the brothers. And uh, I had, uh, the, at this particular time, it was uh, Beulah's nephew, Mike, Mikey, uh, translating. He's a young man, about 20 years old. And he's doing a good job. He speaks English pretty well, but he's new to it. Uh, and he didn't quite have that passion and enthusiasm as Beulah did when she translated, but I think he did a good job. I hope he did. I don't know what he was saying. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I got thinking, I was talking to these men, and there was one day, there was probably five or six of the young preachers there. And we talked about... Uh, I read a verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 3.12, where it says, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And then we dovetailed that with a verse in Proverbs, um, I think in 28.13, where it says, If anyone of you conceals your sin... Um, you will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces it will find mercy. And I got thinking about church here and church there, but people are people. They dress different, they talk different, eat some weird kind of food, but people are people. And I said, you know, I wonder if they struggle with this here too. You know, we come here in a big group and it's great. We have Sunday fellowship. But one of the struggles, and I think the Hebrew writer was talking about being hardened by sin's deceitfulness because we tend to conceal our sin. We hide our sin. And I was asking the guys, who do we conceal our sin from? And they thought a minute, and I said, is it God? And most of us go, no, we can't. You know, we, we sin. God sees everything. We hide our sin from each other. We hide our sin from our husbands, our wives, our families, each other. You know, we talk about in our class here at church, you greet everybody. How's everybody doing? Everybody's fine. How you doing, brother? Good, fine. Everybody, you know, we're all fine. You know, everybody's good. But we have that tendency to hide our sin. And I had Mikey translating. And he wasn't as dynamic as Beulah. But I could see those men, they were locking in. And it certainly wasn't because of my brilliant presentation. It was in spite of it. But I knew I hit a chord with them too. Because that's our nature, that's our tendency. And I got thinking about trying to encourage them to, you know, talk with each other, find a brother, sisters, find some sisters that you can talk with. And after I got home, I thought about this is what the elders are talking about here. You know, they're talking about revamping our small group ministry. And I think Bert said it last week we don't need another program. We don't. 
But I'm encouraging myself to think about, and I encourage you to think about how you can plug into a small group. Because I know in my life, and I'll bet in a lot of you, we have that same struggle. So whether it's here in Metropolitan Mango, Bay Area Church, or around the world in Belaspor, they have the same struggle we do. Uh, and I encourage you as you think about what the elders are talking about, about getting plugged into a smaller group, it's kind of encouraging, but it's kind of intimidating. Because I, sometimes I don't want to open up. You know, and we've heard a lot about being disciples and making disciples, and that's what we're trying to do in India. But it's going to be real hard for me to be a disciple and make disciples if I'm concealing my sin and hiding it and not opening up with people. Uh, you know, and we can come and sit in the big fellowship, hear a good sermon, sing songs, and go home. But we all need to find some people that we can talk with. And as I was sharing that with those brothers, even the poor job I did and going through a translator, you could see them thinking. Because again, it's what God tells us to do. In Hebrews, he says, see to it. And then the remedy was encourage one another and being involved with, with people. And, and I, I hope, and I know many of you pray for the work in India, and I hope you'll include in your prayers that they're doing that. And this lady, Mina, and, and I must have told BJ and Buell and Eric, the team, numerous times, we're doing this backwards. We need to fly these people over here and let them teach us. You hear Mina and Ramesh, it's like, sometimes I felt like I didn't have a clue. Uh, and like BJ said, they're living this persecution. And it's, um, <clears throat> anyway, it, gets you, it really gets you when you see it. And uh, so I encourage you, pray for them, pray for them to be growing, pray to it that they're putting into practice Hebrews 3. Mm -hmm. And pray for us, and pray for me. And I'm encouraging you to think about small groups. It's not to be in a program. It's so that we can put Hebrews 3 into practice mm -hmm. and pray for them to do it as well. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to follow the script here. Uh, Matt, do you have the, the video of uh, Lakshmi? Uh, this was when we took a trip. It was the day after Christmas, uh, Thursday. And we're going, and we're usually out all day and going, and then we come back and eat supper. And then they said, oh, and this year we're going to take a train ride, you know, 300 miles north. And I'm thinking, we hadn't traveled far enough. Now we're going to get on a train and go through the night. Uh, we left at midnight, got in there about 6.30 to Surridge Pour. Is that how you say Surridge it? Surridge Pour. Uh, but it turned out one brother worked up there, Deepak, and he'd been asking the team for years to please come. But they were so far, logistics, it didn't work out. So this year we take this train ride. And that was a whole other story, an uh, Indian train, and it was an older train. And, uh, but Berth, uh, Bill, I think, or Eric said, oh, don't, we've got berths. We've got, you know, I'm thinking, oh, okay, we've got, you know, no door, no curtain. Uh, it was interesting. But we travel there, we get there, and uh, we go to this village. And uh, Matt, if you got that one, you can cue it up. Uh, and often, you know, they'd have us sit up front like this. They were very welcoming. You saw some pictures with the garlands and the flowers, but, but I wasn't fooled that this isn't Hawaii or Fiji. We're still in India. Uh, but they would be very Greek, just so That's kind. Uh, and if you watch uh, this lady kneeling down, so we're up front getting ready to teach, and somebody says, oh, this woman's going to come down the row and wash our feet. And we're like, what? 
you know, and most of you think of, the, of course, the story of Jesus doing that to his apostles. Uh, so here's this lovely woman coming down the aisle washing our feet, and she humbled herself to do that. But if any of you have ever had your feet washed, it's very humbling to be on the receiving end, too. So here we are, uh, and I was having all kind of issues with my feet, still wearing a boot, you know, and I've got some weird-looking feet, and it was swollen, and, you know, and I'm thinking, this lady's going to scream when she gets to my feet. Uh, but she didn't miss a beat. She just kind of went right down the row. Uh, and here she is washing our feet, uh, and her name is Lakshmi. And what's her daughter's name again? Shilby. Shilby? Mm -hmm. And she has a lovely young daughter. And Harry's going to reference this in just a minute, but this is the lady Harry will be referring to, Lakshmi, this sweet lady in this village that was washing our feet. And Harry's going to pick up a little bit more of some things that happened later. So, uh, Powerful story. Uh, yes, very humbling uh, for, for a, a woman to do this. Um, we each gave a lesson. We uh, split with the men and women. We had problems with this one man that they said he was drunk. We broke. We went inside the house, her house, Lakshmi's house. Um, and this man came in again. I was engaged preaching, teaching to, uh, to, with some young men. And he was there, belligerent. Uh, Lakshmi's son uh, escorted him out. A little physical, just a little physical, escorting him out. When we left, there were two, two cars that left. Uh, they left first, I left second with Peter, and uh, a man stopped us when we were, got just a block from Luxmi's house uh, into the village, stopped us, then a truck pulled in front of us. We were blocked. There was a lot of noise going on. The driver's, of course, on the right side with the window cracked. I knew the, the, the tension level was high, the words were high, I knew something was going on, but I didn't understand the language. Uh, <clears throat> I did not know, but that man started, got with some friends, and he was going to start trouble, potentially beating up Luxmi's son, who I didn't know was in the back of our car, kind of hidden. Evidently, they wanted to get him uh, and beat him up, um, because evidently he escorted this man off. Um, so here's this melee going on. Then I didn't know it until later, but Luxmi's daughter, still, still me, Shilby, uh, had come up and was outside the car. It was dark and evidently was telling them, if you want to beat anybody, you beat me. You know, don't touch them or something like to that effect. She was willing to take the hit for us. So I didn't know what was going on until later, but this actually happened. So here the truck finally moved and I guess our driver's getting real aggressive. They drive aggressive over there anyway. But anyway, he started going. So we got away. So we went to the train station, which is a nothing train station, no bathrooms. I mean, oh my goodness, but hey, we survived. We got a call from the son of Luxmi, got a call, and she had been hurt. They, they, came, they surrounded her house and had, uh, maybe they were looking for him. Somebody hit her in the neck area. I don't know how, she didn't go to the hospital, we know that. But, she, but they accosted her. Um, so we're, we're really uptight now, praying, oh, Lord, please help us, you know, with this. We don't want... That's the one got beat up. Yes, this is Luxby, the one that got hit. Um, and uh, what, a, what a woman uh, she is to, to have the two son and daughter being willing to take the hit for us, you know. So we had to wait hours on the train. I won't go into all that. 
But the point is, it's very humbling for someone to actually be willing to be beaten for you. You know, I mean, just like Jesus for us. If you want to make a comment, go ahead. While we were eating, they serve, and uh, she'll be the daughter. I'd seen her earlier in the day. (laughs) Swedish young girl, about five foot two and maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. But a smile that would light up the room. And here's this mob surrounding their vehicle, cursing them, threatening to drag them out and beat them. And this young girl is in between the vehicle and the mob telling them, let, let them go. Beat me if you have to. It's just incredible. Uh, just a Swedish young girl. Yes, very, very good. Um, unless somebody wants to chime in on that particular story, I'm going to go to another. Okay, we did give out three proclaimers. Four, four proclaimers that are these boxes that it's loud and many people can hear it and it's just the word of God. So preachers got what the New Testament in okay, Hindi. New Testament Hindi. So we we did uh, get those out. Uh-huh. Four of them. Four of them. Okay. And uh, there is one preacher pastor that's stuck over in India from October fifth. He came in with too much money. He was going to a conference. Brian Naren, N-E-R-R-E-N. You can look it up. I tried to look up to see if he's out yet. Trial was supposed to be in December. They delayed it. They took his passport, so he's stuck over there now, Brian Naren. Um, so they are kind of tightening up on, on Christians coming in and interacting and so forth. So we were real careful. The hotel that we freshened up at wanted our passports. We refused to give them a copy because we were afraid if this gets to be an incident, we may be in trouble. But thank God, God protected us. Uh, oh, okay. That's, that's uh, Ramesh before the surgery and how angled, totally broken leg. Uh, this was the donated by Riverside Church. Oh, okay. And blood donated. Uh, member of the Riverside Church of Christ, he had the blood that Ramesh is need and he voluntarily donated his and blood. He's a doctor. He's a doctor himself. Yeah, Christian doctor, very good man. Uh, We ate at his home, and that's after. And they've got all these pins in his leg to straighten it out. And boy, what a what a job he's 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 got. A lot of pain right now. Just ask for your prayers for Ramesh right now. He's in a lot of pain. We just heard this morning as we pulled up here. But there he is, right there. And Ramesh is just a great encouragement for us with the smile and the joy that he shows. And again. He just finally got his operation. He hasn't been able to see in two years, but he's in a joy and a huge encouragement to us. The church has to bring in food. The hospital does not serve food. um, Jonah and his son provide the breakfast for him every morning. And Michael and Jesse on the left, they take care of his lunch. And then Peter and Rishi take care of his supper every day. He has a request for them, and they bring what he wants. And... It's no problem for any of those brothers to take care of him over there. Praise God. And that is, um, if you can go back one slide, Matt. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I was just going to say that picture to the lady of the far left is Ramesh's wife that was up there. Uh, we're almost out of time, so let's skip that one, Matt, and uh, whatever's at the end. Let's look at that let's picnic fun. <laughs> oh, wait, this is a... Uh, oh, yeah, the girl. Uh, yeah, um, obviously that's BJ playing badminton beside the bus that the Belasper Church members came in. 
Oh, this is a wonderful video of me throwing a football, so you can just skip that one. That's <laughs> not important. Uh, I think this is Harry playing, uh, uh, what do you call it, cricket. Cricket. And uh, uh, this, is, this is at the picnic, right? And Seema's girl's on the left. And this is a, a meal that we shared at the picnic grounds. It was cold that day. Those are the proclaimers that are being those are the uh, proclaimers, the, the uh, electronic devices that play the New Testament. This was our uh, last meal at Beulah's niece. niece's house. Um, but, uh, what, her name is? Pinky. Pinky, yeah. And uh, that, so we were on the way. That was in, uh, is that in Riper? <laughs> no. Oh, there, that was in Rightport. This is in JFK. Right. <laughs> no, I look dead. We had a service there for uh, Harry. <laughs> With flowers. Oh, this is Brother Jay and some baptisms that happened after we left, right? You want to yeah. talk about that the, a little? The first Sunday, uh, you worked with this group on 30th or 31st of December, and uh, there was no water available. And then when we arrived here on that Sunday, um, they, those four people were baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you go back to one slide where all Seema's daughters are wearing a hat uh, at the picnic, right after the picnic one? Uh, one more. Keep. Yeah. Do you see uh, all, a few of those girls are wearing those hats? Miss... Rosie, I don't know if she's here in the audience or not. Miss Rosemary, she made over 65 crochet, 65 hats and scarves. And we took that. And they loved them. And they put more requests, Miss Rosemary, start knitting. Is this the last PowerPoint, Matt? Okay, uh, these are some of my favorite pictures. This is uh, uh, BJ with uh, Seema's daughters. And this is a cute picture of uh, you-know-who. And this is on the train before we left. And uh, the, you converted these seats into, into sleeping cots, sort of, uh, three, three on each side. And anyway, so we slept on the train overnight. And this is at Beulah's church building where she grew up. And this is one of the old benches. The same bench I used to sit with my mama. That same bench. And is this where you were baptized? This is where I was baptized when I was 11 years old. And that's right outside that same building. Go ahead, Matt. And, oh, that's, this is my favorite bathroom. Okay. And this is the, uh, this is the building. And this is inside the house that is it attached to the building attached to the adjacent to the building and this is me and my eight family members grew up in that room yeah and this is a picture outside with a bunch of us we just uh, visited there one day um these are jay's brother Brother jay's Jay's daughters daughters. Mm -hmm. so everywhere we go there are houses full of daughters girls uh that this is in pomgar um and they are all just wonderful servant ladies. This is on the day that uh, the picnic, uh, we found this fishing um, operation next to the lake there, and Harry and Sheshikant and I went up there, and you can see the fish in the, in the bins there, and Harry made friends with everybody. 
And this is, this is again at the airport. Uh, I think that's... That's him. This is Peter and Rishi. On the last night we were there, we went to a restaurant and had dinner. Uh, I think that's it, Matt. Is that right? No, there's Sheshikant at one of the fishing boats. He's one of our translators, been with us for years. And go ahead. And I think that's it. it oh, yeah. The, uh, the Tampa airport... We're, when uh, you guys greeted us when we came back. That's probably PowerPoint number seven. <clears throat> oh, right, right. Hey, listen, at uh, what time? That's going to be at, after second service in room 15. If you want to learn some, some more depth about all this, there's going to be pizza and drinks, and come there after second service for that. Um, right? Yes, and here's our final photo when we stepped off the tram that night, coming back home, and greeted by, and greeted by our church family. We just thank you all again for your prayers and your help. It means a lot to us. Thank you all very much for being thank here Thank you. Today. We're dismissed.